Episode 51 for November 2008. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They're an online leader in comic and trade paperbacks, and they offer discounts from 38 up to 75% off the cover price of new comics. A special this month is the Spider-Man New Ways to Die premiere hardcover. The cover price is $25. Mail order has it for $14.99, which is 40% off. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com and tell them the Crawl Space sent you. Welcome back, Webheads, for our regular November show. We've had some celebs on earlier this month, but now it's time for just the regular gang. We've got Kevin Cushing, an administrator on the Crawl Space Message Board and author of the Spider-Man Crawl Space webcomic. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Brad. Good to be back. And uh, for those of you listening, by now, issue number three of Crawl Space should be online. So go check that out on the message board. There you go. And it's called Spider-Man Black, a playoff of Spider-Man, Spider-Man Black Part 1. Very good. And we have Spider-Girl. She's a reviewer for our site and a moderator on the Spider-Man Crawl Space web comic message board. So welcome, SG. Hello, and, you know, just to let all you fanboys out there know, I am currently single, but uh, I am not accepting marriage proposals right now. Sorry, Steve J. Rogers. <laughs> oh, you got to love the marriage proposal PM messages. I get them. Well, I guess I don't get them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet. Except for that one time. Ah, uh, never mind. I banned her. Anyway. <laughs> But a German blonde. Yeah, she was selling me Viagra or webcams or something. I don't know. Anyway, I'm also going to say I am single and I am accepting marriage proposals. So for all you fans. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the dating Spider-Man Crawl Space match game. Or whatever. <laughs> right, also, with intros, I'm sorry to say JR won't be joining us. He had a family commitment at the last minute. But we'll be sure to talk to him on our Christmas show, which is coming closer and closer. It's Crazy this year is almost over. Also, Spidey Dude is MIA, so we don't know where he is. And But we'll try to get him on next month's show. But uh, let's talk about the Spider News. We've got uh, three issues to hit up. Uh, we've got Amazing Spider-Man 573, 574, and 575 we'll talk about off the top. Basically, we wrap up the last parts of New Ways to Die with Venom, Scorpa, Scrappa, Scorpa Venom, whatever it is, and, <laughs> and Anti-Venom. Man, that's a lot of Venoms. And we also have the uh, Flash Thompson in Iraq issue and Joe Kelly's Hammerhead story. So let's tackle that 573 issue first. Morb, do you want to go first? What do you, you think of the last parts of New Ways to Die? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I was just so incredibly underwhelmed. Yeah. I, it wasn't It wasn't a crappily written comic. It's not like, I'm not saying it's one of the worst things I've ever read. It was just underwhelming. Um, last month, when I was reviewing New Ways to Die, I said that just not a lot was happening. Mm-hmm. And JR countered with, well, it feels like not a lot's happening because so much is going on. And I think I have to agree with that. They It seems like they tried to put too much into this one story. Yeah. Because we had uh, most of this issue, well, at least a lot of this issue, was taken up with a battle between Scorpion slash Venom and Anti-Venom. And as it, the whole story as a whole, when we're talking about a Thunderbolts, Green Goblin against Spider-Man story, I really don't care about a Scorpion Venom versus an Anti-Venom. That's not what I'm wanting to see. And then we have the showdown between Harry and Norman Osborn, and most of that just seemed to be referencing things that they know that we don't necessarily know, and dancing around the fact that we don't know what they know. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> I don't know, it was alternately hard to follow and just very displeasing because there wasn't a lot of payoff or anything there because I don't really know what they're talking about or thinking. It's a lot of dancing. The, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Then we teased Harry's had some project going on. Well, we don't really know Harry's current history, so I don't know what in the world that Me is. Me neither. Um, I just... It, it wasn't a good ending. Um, the artwork was still good by J.R. Jr., but I still don't really like the skinny way he draws symbiotes. So I think, on the whole, I'm going to give that issue just a flat C, and I think that would probably be for both the writing and the art. Spider-Girl, what, what would you give it? What would you think of that issue? 
Well, I think I do this a lot, but I agree with Kevin on many of his points. I thought it was very anticlimactic. The entire six-issue series, they're building us up. And even before all these, you know, advertisements, this is going to be a great series or a great storyline, and then we end with this. Um, I think they are just teasing us, and even too subtly, really, for us to even get these teases. Um, We're kind of trying to figure out what's going on with Harry. Is he menace? Is he not? You know, what is going on between his father and him? And and I couldn't believe that uh, Norman Osborn actually said, I'm finally proud of you, son. Like, that was a turning point. That was a big shocker. But And the art, I, I do like um, John Romita Jr.'s art, but I just don't like the new Scorpion look. And I actually got the McGuire variant in my mail-order comics box, and I just wondered why he couldn't look like that, because that was a very cool design, but when I look on the inside, it's kind of unappealing to me, but I would give this issue a B. Okay. And I, I would also, I'd, I'd give it a B plus. Um, I, I don't understand why we, we went through all the trouble of getting Scorpion to have a suit, and then rip it out in an issue or two. I mean... Everybody wants Brock to be back in the Venom suit. I think that's the given. But uh, it just didn't happen. And we have Ven- anti-Venom walking off in the sunset or whatever. And I just don't really get it. And, I, and I'm with Morb. I didn't understand what the hell Harry is doing uh, with the back room of uh, bums. <laughs> the, bu- the bum back room. What, what the heck was that about? I guess it's teasing future events. But uh, uh, anyway... I, I think it was spread out too much, as as you you said earlier, more. Um, maybe just a Norman Osborn Spider-Man fight. I mean, we've had that before, but we haven't had it in the new status quo. But uh, just a, just, it wasn't a cherry on top. It was more like a turd. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to a Baskin Robbins new near you. Thirty-two flavors. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, B, B plus on my part. Let's tackle uh, 574, which was the uh, Flash Thompson issue in Iraq. What did you think of that, Spider Girl? Um, I thought this was the best issue out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very emotional ride for me. Um, my brother's actually in the Navy. He's obviously not stationed over there. But just having uh, that relationship and knowing, you know, what it's like, um, I appreciated the flashbacks both to his experience uh, during the war and also to what made him the man he was, you know, his abusive father and everything. I thought it was very emotional. Um, it was great writing. I thought the art was really good, and I would almost say that it, I liked it a bit better than John Romita Jr. I wish, uh, what was his name? Uh, Barry Kitson. Yeah. I wish that he would do more than just this issue, but. I may be wrong, I would but give I, it I think he, w- he did that, uh, short-lived order series. Maybe I'm, I'm, yeah. He did. No, that was oh. it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, good artist. Go ahead. What would you give the grade? Right. I would give it an A plus. I think wow. actually. That's your. Is that your yeah. first A plus you've ever given? Yes. Oh, look at that. Yeah. All right, Kevin. What what would you give that one? Because it's controversial. Well, it's uh, splitting Spider fans. I think. Now I am going to turn the table and agree with Spider Girl. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Look at us. We're all a big love fest this, this month. <laughs> We're holding hands and singing give, Kumbaya. <laughs> I give this issue an A+, plus, um, both for writing and art. I think, honestly, it goes immediately into top 20, at least, issues of Spider-Man that have ever been made. Oh, good. Whoa. Wow. I, it, was, it was exceptional as not only a Spider-Man comic, but as a comic in general. Yeah. I think Mark Guggenheim writes the best war-oriented comics I have ever read. Uh, he was also the writer on the Squadron Supreme uh, Hyperion vs. Nighthawk miniseries, which, just by the idea of it, should have sucked. But he did an amazing job with that miniseries, and he's doing it again here. Um, it's, yeah, like she said, it's a very emotional war story, and he did perfect justice to that, I think. And also, I just loved what he did with Flash Thompson's admiration for Spider-Man. Yeah. And all his... It it goes all the way back to the early days with Flash starting the Spider-Man fan club, which they even referenced. Mm -hmm. Um, Every heroic situation he was in, whenever he was doing a heroic act, he was 
he was thinking of Spider-Man beating the odds in whatever situations he's been in. And it really, I think, delved into Flash Thompson's admiration for Spider-Man as a hero more than anything I've ever seen. And so as a character piece like that, it was top-notch. It was brilliant. Um, as a war story, it was perfect. It was, I think, everything we need to see out of something like that. And it was very respectful of the men and women in the armed forces. And as a Spider-Man comic, it was a great read. It wasn't doing all the things that all these other brand new day issues are doing with, you know, teasing us with status quos we don't know about and all kinds of other little barely moving subplots that we don't really care about. It just, it focused in on one character that we did care about. It gave us a great insular story about that character. And it was, it was perfect. And the art was top notch. You could not have had better art for this issue. Uh, even Steve Wacker, the editing on this issue, was perfect. It wasn't intrusive, and if you read his uh, his long note on the letters page in the back, it, he was he had so much reverence for these people, and he talked about this one particular soldier uh, who a lot of this was based on that they'd met, and you could just see the emotion he had in it. So for the for the entire team on this issue, I give an absolute A plus. I loved it. It was perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'd go A minus. It's I don't consider it one of the best Spider-Man stories ever, but I did enjoy it a lot. It's probably one of the top two or three issues of Brand New Day that I've enjoyed the most, mainly because they're doing something with the Flash Thompson character. He hasn't had anything done with him since the '60s, going off to Vietnam. I mean, he was been a frame for the Hobgoblin. He's been in uh, a, a pawn of the Black Cat to get back at Peter. He's been wasn't he an abusive husband? Didn't he beat Shan Shan or something like that? I think he smacked something. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, he he had a had a wife named Shan Shan. She had, she had a just Shan, I think it was. Oh, well, she had a great can can. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I just I mean it, it will be nice to have uh, a friend because of Peter's who was his best man in his wedding. I know that's probably right, count out. But uh, that also has a responsibility. I mean, he, he has a responsibility to be brave and get through this trauma. And he'll be a great, I mean, role model. I mean, if, if you, uh, for soldiers or anybody that has a disability, he, you could, he could be a great supporting character for Peter with uh, uh, getting through this. I mean, it just sets up the character and gives him something to do. I mean... He got struck by the goblin, uh, Green Goblin, when he got back. Then he had amnesia. Then he was a jerk as a coach in the Peter David run. But now, you know, if he comes back to the United States after his tour, he's going to be a great supporting character. And that's what Peter needs. So what do you guys think? Is it, I mean, is it nice to have something to do with Flash Thompson? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just a perfect, yeah. perfect uh, supporting member for the cast, I think. All right, we'll do uh, 575, and I think we all agree on this one, too. <laughs> Basically, uh, it's Joe Kelly's Hammerhead story. And who did I start with last time? Was it S- Spider-Girl? Yeah, okay, uh, Morb, you hit this one. Oh, what a flaming cow pie this was. <laughs> oh, another uh, turd reference in the podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm not exaggerating here. I read the first page of this. And I considered, maybe I don't need to read comics anymore. (laughs) It was that. The first page made me consider quitting reading comics. Um, What was the first page? It was the clown and the woman and the little hamster with something on its head. (laughs) Oh, my dear God. My brain about exploded. Yeah. That was a lot. I was at work when I read this, and like, I couldn't even function anymore for about a half an hour after reading it. It was, ooh, God. But um, it's like, I don't know, it's one of those things where people seem to think that anything weird or off the wall is just going to be cool and funny. Yeah. And I, I vastly disagree. It was really, really stupid. <laughs> um, I didn't like anything. Um, the 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 homeless woman that you know Spider Man keeps complaining smells bad and oh this is why God hates me uh, takes her to a car wash nonetheless yeah it was just oh stupid oh God <laughs> I I'm having a hard time thinking about it to talk about it and you know you've got your incredibly standard oh the little little kid in the gangbanger family is just a total genius and isn't this sad and isn't that coincidental and oh look we have the 
noble gangster that wants to get out of the gang business. And then our overarching story is we have the man who wants to bring together the gangs under his iron fist, and but not iron Iron fist. head. Uh, hammer head, actually. His, his iron but, uh, head. What if he got implants in his he ass? He'd be iron ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure plot. he's metal all over, isn't there he? There you go. Yeah, yeah, he is completely. Let's call him Iron so Ass throughout the whole show. There you go. Yeah. All right, Iron <laughs> Ass. Iron Ass. <clears throat> no. But um, that plot may not have seemed so just kind of blah to me, except that the over at DC, the Solo Robin comic is actually good for, like, the first time ever right now. It's getting canceled. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. But they're doing the same story. Classic. <laughs> With... Uh, Somebody trying to bring together all the gangs uh, kind of through force. And they're doing it well. Mm. And this just pales in comparison and looks incredibly generic. So my opinion may be colored by the fact that I'm reading the same story done better right now, but I guess the fact is it could be done better. <laughs> and that was just, that was the only thing in the comic that wasn't so stupid I wanted to blow my brains out, and it still wasn't good. Yeah. Um, then there's the art, which... Um... <laughs> It makes me feel a lot like Spider-Man felt when he was kissed by the homeless woman. Tell you what, I, I could ment- I could see you mentally winding up for the pitch on that one. <laughs> the art. <laughs> mm, bam! <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, literally, when that homeless woman kissed Spider-Man and he started puking, it was like, yeah. they're, they're just giving all us fans exactly what we feel by looking at this comic. So, it's, I give it, um... I give it a G. A G? What the hell is a G? <laughs> it's the next letter below F. I, you know, it's, uh, I don't, I've given other, I've given other comics Fs and they've not been this bad. So I'm obligated to find something worse to give it. So I give it a G. <clears throat> wow. Uh, Sparta Girl, any other alphabet letter you'd like to give this issue? <laughs> No, I just fail. Epic fail. That's really all I can say. Um, I was struggling reading through this. The first page, that is a doozy. I couldn't believe. Usually, I mean, the first page of a book, you know, that's supposed to really grab you, and this just made me want to, like, walk away. Um, and the clowns, it just reminded me of something out of Batman Beyond, the cartoon series, those wacko clowns. Um like Batman Forever. That's bad. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. That is <laughs> oh, pretty bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the art, yes. I really don't like Chris Bacello's art, or Bachelor, wherever the accent is. Um, there are only two moments I really liked his art, the creative way that he dealt with uh, the eyes of Spider-Man's masks and um, how he was reacting to Greta, but those were the only key points. Yeah. Aunt oh, May looks... Insane. Wow. What? I couldn't even remember her name. I'm surprised you retained that after trying to get through this crap comic. Which one was Greta? Well, it's right in front of me, so I guess I cheated, but... Uh, <laughs> the bomb? Okay, yes, got it. the bomb. Stinky bomb. Yep. Bag of gotcha. never to be yeah. seen again. <laughs> She's getting her own I mini-series. Like... <laughs> wow, that would be The Stinky Adventures of Greta, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what can I dig out of the trash can today? Yeah. Um, it's a dead <laughs> scroll head. Oh, this will be four or five issues. <laughs> well played, um, sir. Yes. Uh, I guess the final thing I have to say is it was rather disappointing, the Hammerhead um, storyline, because I think it was so well played in that extra that we got a couple months ago. Uh, everyone was really looking forward to, I think, his reintroduction into Spider-Man, and now this is like an extreme letdown. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see where it goes from here, if I have to be optimistic, but I would I would say fail. Epic fail. I'll give it an so, F, huh? Yeah. Okay, I'll give it a D, mainly because I shouldn't have to read my comic books two or three times to understand what the hell is going on. Uh, I, I, I still, I, I, granted I read this issue right before I went to bed one night and, uh, I'm like, had nightmares about stinky women and clowns and that, I mean, that, that shouldn't, <laughs> granted that, that, granted that's a common recurring theme, but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you're getting an insight. Into- wet dreams? <laughs> no, no, no wet, wet dreams. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, me and clowns, secret fantasy. Uh, <laughs> where the hell am I going with this? I don't even know. Uh, D, I'd give it a D because 
I just when you you throw that much information on a two page splash page, like I'm reading the recap issue and I open it up to the giant stinky turd lady. Third turd reference today. Uh, <laughs> clowns on a little hover ship, and I, I I just don't get it. And then he's puking through his mask. What? I mean, is, there were yeah. chunks coming out. He should at least lift up his face mask. I mean, dude, you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> and he just. I I don't know if it's Pacello. I think I like him as an artist, but I his last two series I've hated. I, I hated that uh, Zeb Wells arc. I just couldn't stand that. I know you guys loved it, hated it, and I hate. I'm hating this first part, and I I have to attribute it some to the artwork, I guess. But I I, I liked Pachalo or whatever on uh, Generation X back in the day. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and Joe Kelly, very disappointed. Like uh, Spider Girl said, that uh, extra issue was a great setup for the hammerhead. And what do we get? We get a stinky bum with two clowns chasing her. What the hell? <laughs> and a cybernetic hamster. Let's not oh. forget the cybernetic hamster. Anybody remember the hamster's name? Was it Eddie or something like Simon? It was Simon. And it was an acronym, but I don't think Spidey ever elaborated yeah, on what the... Let's, an- let's figure out what Simon means. Shitty. Incredibly. <laughs> moronic. Moronic. Uh, orgasmic. No, that's not working. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, ordinary nincompoop. There you go. That's that's what Simon <laughs> stood for, and it was a turd. I mean, and half the issue dealt with the bo- uh, nah, uh, hammerhead and the gang, and that's fine. But uh, you can also use a hammer to build things, Mister Negative. Screw you, dude. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. And I love Joe Kelly. I mean, I loved his Deadpool run. It was that issue where Deadpool goes back in time. To a 1960s Peter Parker, and and uh, just screws with them. I love that issue. I loved the uh, the prom issue of Web Spinners. That was great. And his run on Uncanny X Men I thought was solid. But we come in with hamsters and clowns and Simon and a bum lady. So D D minus. Just describing it when it made it go down a couple notches. <laughs> so damn. But, you know, the cut... So, Brad, if that was a D, what would be an F for you? (laughs) I don't know. Have I ever given an F out? Amazing Spider-Man. We'll get to that. Oh, God. God, yeah, I hate that. That's an F. There you go. There we go. There we go. Let's let's tackle. uh, We've got a couple more issues. There's a lot of spider output, and I mean output. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, We've got Amazing Spider-Man annual number one, or... 35 if you go by the old numbering, uh, and we also have Ultimate Spider-Man Annual number three. Let's tackle Annual number one slash 35 slash CRAP. We basically, after all these months, find out who the hell Jackpot is, and do we care? Spider-Girl, do we care? Uh, I don't think so, actually. Uh, I think this issue is just an example that Marvel is trying way too hard. And sometimes when you try really hard, it doesn't come out good uh, or well. Um, I Yeah, I don't care about Jackpot anymore. And now that they had this huge buildup about her, I don't even know if they're going to use her anymore. Do we care about Sarah Errett? I don't know. Would it have been more interesting if Mary Jane was indeed Jackpot and only we knew but Spidey didn't? I think that might have been the way to go, even though I think they were trying to shirk off the fans. Um, because we assumed it was Mary Jane, they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to be obvious, so they just made that red hair be a red herring. Um, <laughs> <and of> Literally, <laughs> that's what they did. <laughs> Yes, they did. And, of course, Blindside, I guess he's a new villain. Um, He's kind of interesting, but I don't think... I guess he's better than that Overdrive or Overload or Overcraft, whatever his <laughs> name was. Um, I would give it a C. I really don't... Yeah, I... I guess we'll see. I mean, I like how Spider-Man was teaching Sarah Errett, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. It's nice it comes full circle, but... I'm just uninterested right now, so I'd give it a C. Someone who loved the issue, praised about it so much, is not is not Kevin. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Kevin? <laughs> um, I'm giving this issue an F. It was 
the definition of failure uh, because it was like a workshop in dropping the ball. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute drop. Yeah. Uh, they um, in the bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they it, they built up this story so much for so long about this big mystery of who is Jackpot, and it comes to it, and she's somebody we've never heard of. We've never been there's never been any tease about the actual identity of Jackpot. We've gotten the Sarah Eric tease, but nothing leading to this person. Um, we get, she's a drug addict, and she's been a hero for all these months. We've thought she was, you know, this hero, just, you know, struggling with trying to be one, and honestly, it's kind of out of character for what they've shown, that she ha- she makes herself a hero, because she, it seems like she's been struggling with the whole hero thing. Yeah. Um, and then... She dies <laughs> as soon as we find out who she is. So even if anybody was remotely interested, which I I don't think they were, and I think it was partly hurt by the Secret Invasion miniseries starring her that was so bad, I don't see how anybody could care anymore at all. But if they did still care about her, well, she's dead now. Yeah. So that's blown, and we go to this Sarah Eric character, who we, you know, really don't care about. And it was just a total failure on everything they were trying to do. And not only that, Spider-Man was acting way out of character. I mean, how can he, of all people, have total disrespect for somebody wanting to keep their secret identity secret? Mm. Yeah, Like, you can't keep your secret identity from me. How dare you? I'm going to fingerprint your ass. <laughs> uh, what, what the hell was that? That's not Spider-Man. This is the guy that knows better than anybody. Yeah. the value of a secret identity, and he will not respect it. He doesn't even consider respecting it. Yeah. And it was just, it, it was a total failure from all respects. It was an F, wow. total flatline. Uh, I'd give it a D minus. <laughs> I'm not going F. I'm saving that for the secret invasion, Spider-Man. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, we've known the Jackpot character for what, a year, I think? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> I, I, we don't ha- we don't care about the character because I I think it all in told she's had what six or seven or eight appearances in a year, um, and, and if it, it's cheating I, I I can't speak from a writer's aspect maybe, more maybe you can help me out but if you point so many clues to it being another person shouldn't you explain why they're doing that. I mean, why, oh, why yeah. does she have red hair? Why does she use the word, uh, hey, tiger? And why is she named Jackpot? It, it's just... Oh, I absolutely agree. Some, from, a, from a writer's standpoint, yeah. you cannot write a mystery like that where all you give are totally false clues. Yeah. That is... That's not writing a mystery. That's that's telling somebody one thing and then giving them a totally other thing. I mean, it, it, to, the, to the reader, it didn't... We weren't explained or told why this person uses the word tiger, why she's called jackpot, why she has red hair. And as a reader, I feel cheated because they were obviously trying to make you think she's Mary Jane. And from a reader's aspect, you know, it's a possibility that she could be Mary Jane. But I also, as a reader, want to know why she had those three clues. And it's never given. So we're cheated. Yeah, when you're... From a writer's standpoint, when you're writing uh, a mystery like that, it, it can be any kind of mystery. It can be an identity or a, any kind of mystery, really. You do absolutely want to mislead people. Exactly. You want to drop clues that point in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But you also have to, and it should be probably very subtle, but you have to point clues that point them in the real direction. Exactly. So when the reveal happens, you're sitting there saying, oh, I get it now. There was no, oh, I get it, it now. It was, oh, I've been yeah. screwed by <laughs> the writer because... He got hosed. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, <laughs> Spider-Girl? He got hosed. I, Do you remember those old Mountain Dew commercials? I don't, but... Uh, Oh. I got hosed. And I'm a Mountain Dew drinker. You probably hear me clink my glass as we do this show. But uh, it basically was a we don't give a shit who this character was. Uh, they're dead just as soon as we find out the mystery. And three, we've set up a possible return of Jackpot with the original uh, in the future. And hopefully they 
explain why the hell she's got red hair. Her name's Jackpot, and she uses the word tiger. But at this point, I really don't give a crap. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I've lost any, in- I've, I've lost any interest in the mystery at all. Go ahead, Morbs. Would you... You can go ahead, Kevin. I'll ask later. I was just in correlation to that. It's um, like somebody else pointed out on the message board. Um, Sarah Errett has proven herself to be a fan of Mary Jane, so you can see why she might put things like that into her identity. And you can even see, since this girl bought her identity from her, why she would do that in costume. But we've seen her thought balloons that speak the same way with the tiger and all that stuff. So it's, yeah, it's it's a total... They basically, they wanted to do the mislead, but they didn't want you to ever be able to figure out who it actually was. They dropped half I missed I missed that. The Sarah Errett, the second Sarah Errett, is a Mary Jane fan? They, uh, the first uh, appearance of... No, not the first appearance of Jackpot. When Mary Jane was in there for the paper doll arc, okay. she passed Sarah Errett, and she said she was a fan of her from Secret Hospital. Oh. Uh... That's the only thing we get from her way back then. <laughs> you see, I, I, I totally didn't even of... see that, but that's still stretching. There, there should be, like, Mary... Exactly. You know, put do an Eddie Brock, put, put uh, <laughs> pictures of Mary Jane all over her apartment or something. Maybe it's like a stalker that wants to idolize a model. Like, make, if this was the Marvel Universe, there would be a there would be a Crawford, big fan of Cindy Crawford or something. That's just freaking oh, dumb. I mean, come on now. <laughs> they didn't even reference that within the annual. No. When they're giving you the explanation, they didn't even reference it. No. So it's it's pretty much moot. Yeah. Spider Girl, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Oh well, I was just on the topic of this idolization of Mary Jane, I think even when you idolize someone on TV, you're not going to know all their personal things. Like the jackpot is very personal and only she and Peter would know about it. So I would question that. And then, yeah, I guess the tiger, if she said it, you know, in her soap opera role, but I don't know. I think that is stretching it. Perhaps the person is trying to, he's grasping at straws in order to make this better than it was. But what I was going to ask was, would you care about Jackpot more if it was Mary Jane? Would that have changed your reaction about this issue whatsoever? Yeah, of course, because I love the character. The character has 40-plus years of history with Peter, and and this would just be another role of it. But uh, at this point, we don't give a crap about this Sarah Errett girl and her fascinations with models. <laughs> I mean, it's idiotic. And... I'm glad you guys brought that up because I had no idea that she was a Mary Jane fan. <laughs> Are you sure she just isn't a fan of marijuana? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, that's more logical. Well, Although, the other one likes the drugs, so <laughs> well, she probably she so. does like drugs. There we go. More the sequel will be Crackpot. Anyway, <laughs> and we didn't talk about it in the. Before the show, but you guys want to hit Secret Invasion, Spider-Man 1 through 3. That would I would give an F, because that's just beyond. I want to give a props to Patrick uh, Buchanan, our new reviewer. He's been nailing the reviews with this book perfectly on our main page. I mean, I love that he calls the uh, Secret Scroll, Secret, Sinister Six Scroll, the SSS. <laughs> I, I love that. He's doing a great job on our reviews. Uh Stella, what do you, uh, Spider Girl, re- revealed your, re- Tiger, I revealed it, sorry. Once again, <laughs> yes. I only got one and two, I don't know what happened the month I should have got, I guess I just didn't order it, but that's okay, you know, Kevin reassured me that there's no need to have number three. Yeah, you, um, you, you're better off with the three bucks in the pocket, <laughs> this is a turd. Yeah, I'm better off being two-thirds sad rather than three-thirds, um... I think there could have been potential with this, you know, just highlighting the minor characters. It could have really, I don't know, started getting deeper into their stories, maybe making Jackpot more uh, interesting to us, you know, looking at what's going on with Betty Brant and Carly and everything. But it's just a severe letdown, and that scroll is a very terrible design. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah I probably would give it. An F again, or a D minus, so I'm not as harsh as that other issue. But and I love, I just, I didn't. Enjoy I it. love what Patrick said in the review. How rocking Robbie Robertson, <laughs> or Rocket Robert <laughs> Robertson, evidently he was a street racer. More, what, what the hell? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, well, clearly now we have Rocket Robertson because, hey, Robbie's black, so he must be the Rocket oh. Racer, right? Oh, man. Thank you, Brian Reed. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's, that's just freaking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had Rocket Robertson, we had you know, name-confusing Bennett and dumbass Betty Brandt, Vin Gonzalez, I lost my gun, I lost my gun! <laughs> oh my god. My gun, I can't find my gun. But And this, this miniseries had so much against it. I, the, the retro writing was worse than any Amazing Spider-Man issue. I mean, there's been some... You know, 70s cliche going on in the brand new day, but this, the recap pages with Spider-Man fighting scrolls and talking about what's happened, you know, breaking the fourth wall was just, ooh, suck. <laughs> then we get all these characters that we don't care about, but they gave us, they gave him three issues to make us care about mm-hmm. them, and I actually don't ever want to see even Robbie Robertson again. <laughs> Because of this miniseries. As written by Brian Reed. (laughs) I think all the Secret Invasion books have suffered in one respect because the Super Scrolls look so freaking stupid. (laughs) In every Secret Invasion miniseries and the Secret Invasion miniseries itself, I mean, do these things not look like the worst 90s trash you have ever seen with these amalgamations of different powers and costumes on a big hulking green scroll? I mean... They are visually painful. Mm -hmm. Visually painful. And the whole thing... I I have a hard time talking about it, because there's only so many insults even I can throw out. My favorite line that you said a few weeks ago is how... Tell tell the line about how you sold your books to the comic store. Oh, yeah, I... uh, after, I think a day after I read Secret Invasion Amazing Spider-Man number three, I went and sold all three issues to a local store for ten cents a piece, and I really felt bad because I felt like I was ripping them off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I made 30 cents off of those, uh, and I, I felt bad turning yeah. turning a little money out of them. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, but uh, yeah, these were, this was a blanket. F minus. Yeah. F here too, mainly because the title is deceptive. It's Secret Invasion Jackpot. Because Spider Man's yeah. nowhere to damn be found in this except doing a recap page. And he's not supposed to break the fourth wall. I mean, come on, just do a caption page. And I like Brian Reed. I like his Ms. Marvel title. And it's a shame. This, this seems just like a quick grab for cash by Marvel to tie into Secret Invasion. Obviously, it worked because Morb, all three of us bought it. Uh, and I'm sure mm-hmm. we're not alone. I mean, this book outsold Spider-Girl. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's sad. It's a quick grab for cash. And you can tell that they didn't give a shit about this book. And I, well, I've got a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, was it the Miss Marvel annual that he included Spider-Man on? Yes. Um, yeah. Was that issue any good? It was okay. I, I was mainly distracted by the huge giant spider package on the front cover. That was, that, I mean, that, that thing, that thing just scares me, dude. I mean, he's packing a 12 inch scarlet spider on the cover. Have you seen the cover of this thing? I'm really just offended as a man. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I like, I like Greg Horn and, and granted he's, he's used to drawing over exaggerated body shapes. But damn, don't do that to my spider package, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, actually, you remember those uh, variants that I think... Oh, who did those variants for all the parts of the other that had different Spider-Man costumes on them? Oh, uh, you remember that? Uh, Ringo, who passed away. Ringo. Yeah, um, yeah I, the Scarlet Spider right. uh, cover. And of all ones, it would be the Scarlet Spider. <laughs> Check out that cover. He has an enormous package. <laughs> The Scarlet Spider got a little upgrade in the cloning process. <laughs> I think Stella is turning red. She's embarrassed by our man talk. Um, Maybe he just, you know, he was shopping online and he found that Scarlet Spider enhancer and no. I'm upset. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, Brian, Brian Reed re- really does a good job generally on that Ms. Marvel book, but damn. I'm sorry. And, and you know, I, I haven't read all the Secret Invasion tie-ins, but uh, I think the the best one yet uh, is the Inhumans. I don't know if you guys have read the Secret Invasion Inhumans, but that's actually pretty good. 
and explains what happened to Black Bolt after he was abducted and stuff like that. Well, a good Secret Invasion tie-in would be a nice change of pace. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's talk. Uh, Actually, oh, go ahead. before we move on, yeah. there's one more thing. Go ahead. In both, uh, it goes across both Secret Invasion miniseries and the annual. This Declan, what's his name, character? Who? Who is this villain yeah. that Jackpot's fighting, who apparently is from Guggenheim's Wolverine run, even though they didn't even allude to that in the Secret Invasion miniseries. I read that in the Amazing Spider-Man annual, and Mark Guggenheim's trying to bring in one of his characters from Wolverine, not really explain anything about him. We're just supposed to have read that. (laughs) And I I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't know there was anything I was supposed to know when I was reading the Secret Invasion miniseries. I was kind of confused my own self, and I did read that Wolverine issue. So, who knows? (laughs) That was was Humberto Ramos, and I would would prefer every book be drawn by Chris Pichalo than one be drawn by Humberto Ramos. (laughs) And we have one more annual we want to talk about, uh, non-secret invasion. We're going to talk about Spider-Sex, Ultimate Spider-Man <laughs> Annual Number 3. Basically, this has been a big setup of uh, Bendis uh, has talked about, he's been after to st- tell this story for years about teenagers and sex. And specifically, a young Peter Parker, age, what, 16 or so, and a young Mary Jane, 16. Uh, let's see. Spider-Girl, you want to hit this one? Did you read this issue? What'd you think? Well, let me just say that sex can wait, master business, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, I'm not worried about uh, offending you now. <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of those classic SNL moments. Um, no, I didn't. I ordered this, but it hasn't come yet. I think it's going to come next month. I'm so, so sorry. I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh, Brad, I wasn't even thinking that way until you started laughing. You, you pervy old oh, man. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I guess I started it off uh, like that. No doubt, my mind oh. wouldn't have even gone there. <laughs> okay, yes. well, her issue hasn't come. Uh, more about... Yes. <laughs> <What's your thoughts? laughs> uh, well, my issue came. Here, I got a um, microphone. I'll be a minute. Go ahead, more. <laughs> um, okay, God, i got to start talking serious about this now. Here we go. Um, I thought this was the worst issue of Ultimate Spider-Man I have ever read. Um, I will admit that I've not read the whole run. I've read the first four trades and everything after number 95 when Morbius debuted. But of all of those, this was the worst Ultimate Spider-Man I've read. It was, uh, we were built up this whole story about, you know, we're, we're going to address the idea of, of sex between these two teenagers and we're going to, you know, it's Bendis! Yeah. This is the character guy. He writes teenagers so well. He writes all characters, really, and he, he has a character focus. So I expect a really good conversation about this, a really good, you know, see what, what we might think here. Most of the issue doesn't even deal with it. They're just, they have this really quick thing at the beginning where we assume they must have talked about that, and then they're mad at each other for the whole issue. At the very end, we finally, finally, finally get some mention of it. <laughs> And it, it was, I don't know, it was unrealistic, it didn't make sense. Like, um, Mary Jane says within like two pages, but I want to go all the way with you, but I'm, I'm worried you're going to be mad because I don't want to. What? <laughs> <laughs> what, what exactly was that again? Can you run that past me one more time? I read it twice. Didn't make any more sense the second time. Um, it was, it was odd. Uh, Ultimate Mysterio seemed you know, quick and dirty reveal, and uh, there wasn't really anything to him. No, there, there wasn't uh, a fishbowl head. Yeah, but the art in this issue was just... Oh, God. Um, it was quirky. I mean, I don't think it was bad, it was, but I think it was very quirky. There are titles it could have fit on. I'm not saying this guy's a terrible artist. There are titles it could have fit on. This is not one of them. Ve- I know these are young characters, but... Very, especially... Very wire Spider-Man. Very, very skinny. <laughs> Well, you knew when you first opened the book to the first page what the resolution was. They were not going to have sex because if they were, this wouldn't be the one issue where they both look like they're nine years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, did they both looked like babies in this issue. Everybody did. I mean, it was this uh, very, very manga style, which I know I have a bias against, but it just didn't fit here. And in an issue where they are supposed to be dealing with such a mature topic, why are we going to draw them like their ages are measured on single digits? Yeah. It was, uh, this was an incredibly disappointing issue. I was really looking forward to it, and I was really let down by it. Yeah. I would give it a D. 
uh, Spider Girl, what was your grade again? A D versus. Oh well, remember my issue did not come. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! But I do just listening to Kevin's review. I do wonder if um, it was a subconscious act of the artist to draw them mm-hmm. younger to highlight the fact that they are still kids that maybe they aren't ready to have this talk. I don't know if that's reading too much into it. Yeah. But. Uh, I my issue did come, and uh, <laughs> I would give it. I I was disappointed with it. I would give it probably a C plus, mainly because I think it was kind of handled well. I mean, I, fifteen is really young to be having sex, and just my personal opinion. And I I think it plays that that topic plays into the responsibility issue very well, and I think a teenage uh, angst-filled Peter Parker would do what he did there, and and say we're too young, we need to wait. But the the I think the best line, and you'll have to refresh me what it was, <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> a kiss, something kissing is mandatory, or what, what was the line? More, do you remember? Yeah, I think that was the line. It, yeah, uh, we, we won't. I, I think it was. She, you know, she tried. She started to kiss him and said, "Can we still do this?" And he said, "This is mandatory." This is mandatory. I just thought that was a cute line. I think that was the last line of the book. And I, I yeah, that was yeah. I thought that was well played. Uh, again, more uh, not Morbius, but uh, Mysterio was, uh, as you said, a thrown away character. We we really don't care. <laughs> he he could be Sarah Errett for all we know because he didn't even have the fishbowl head, but. Uh, Yes, yeah, C plus probably C for me. Just kind of a letdown. I, I wonder um, what Bendis would do if he didn't have any restraints on that issue. Because uh, yeah. well, you can't be having the thing is though, you can't have Spider Man this sex. What I mean to do because he said he's been lobbying to do this issue for years. So I don't think he would have done it if Marvel told him that he had to do it the opposite way of the way he wanted to do right. it. So I think this had to be the way he wanted to do it, and I'm I'm confused as to why. Yeah, and you know it it, it begs the question: uh, Is the new, uh, brand new day Spider-Man a virgin? <laughs> but these are these are cards. These are comic characters. Who cares? That's not like they're gonna. Well, I guess they did show Norman Osborn banging Gwen, but uh, <laughs> if you've ever read a Marvel Max series, it, it happens. Yeah, no kidding. All right, uh, that pretty much wraps up the reviews. That was a lot of mixed bag. We went, we had A pluses all the way down to G. My God. <laughs> uh, our next topic we're going to move on to is uh, was suggested by our amazing Spider Girl. It's uh, she was at, wanted to talk a bit about spreading our favorite character too thin. Now, if you count it, Spider Man is in three amazing issues a month, an annual or a one shot a month. He's in New Avengers. He's in Ultimate Spider Man. He's in Marvel Adventures. He's in Spider-Man and or Mar- Marvel Adventures Spider-Man and in, in a mini series event of the year, which this year is Secret Invasion, and then you have Secret Invasion spinoffs. So the question: How much is too much Spidey, and is he losing something by being spread too thin? So Spider Girl, you suggested the topic. What do you think? Uh, I think he is losing something. I think when you see someone, a character so much, you start to lose interest in him. And if we have crappy miniseries, then that unfortunately hinders the the big ASM books. I think that um, the negative remarks on things like Secret Invasion, Amazing Spider-Man might look or make us look poorly on maybe good issues like the uh, Flash Thompson issue. And I'm also concerned. I think the main point why I brought this up is there's going to be a miniseries with Spider-Man and Man-Thing. And I just thought, you know, I think I think the well of ideas or whatever it's called is, is running dry if that's what they're going to do. And, of course, they have that Spider-Man noir. I think they need to stop. They need to pull back a little bit and maybe put all their focus and all their power on ASM and make that a good book. And then if that happens, they should branch off slowly, not, you know, take a dive. So I'm just totally against all of these Spider-Man related books, no matter how much I love the character. All right, Kevin, is Spidey spread too thin? What do you think? Yes, he is like, I can't believe it's not butter over way too many pieces of toast. <laughs> um, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> like it. Um, damn. <laughs> uh, sorry, we've, yeah, okay, starting again. 
Um, I think Spider-Man is spread too thin. I think I agree very strongly with Stella. All these other things going on with Spider-Man are bringing down the main thing they're doing. Because uh, we have this big drive to rejuvenate Spider-Man. And even if some of us don't agree with the direction they're going, even if we don't even necessarily think ASM is very good, they have a drive and an initiative to revamp Spider-Man. They're trying to bring him back into what they think he should be. And that intention is hurt very much, very much, when you put out something like Amazing Spider-Man Secret Invasion that I think I have not heard one good opinion on. I will say that. I have looked on a bunch of message boards. I've seen a lot of comments, seen a lot of reviews. I'm sure there are people out there that enjoy it because they're fans of every comic. I have not heard one good comment on this comic. It was bad. And something like that coming out in the same month as uh, the Flash Thompson issue. If we had had one issue of Spider-Man this month, one Amazing Spider-Man, and it had been the Flash Thompson issue, I would have called this the best month in Spider-Man in recent memory. Yeah. But what we get is I read an underwhelming issue, followed by that issue, followed by one of the worst issues I've ever read, <laughs> followed by a part of, of the worst miniseries I've ever read, followed by a terrible annual, followed by an annual that's a letdown, followed by an issue of Secret Invasion that just didn't really do a whole lot. It was one big fight scene. Um, yeah, oh, my, the taste in my mouth is not a good one. <laughs> uh, it gives you a bad bad viewing of the character. And, and yeah, makes you think it, he's I in a down be, period. With an issue like the Flash Thompson issue, I should have been very impressed overall this month. But in the end... I consider it one of the worst months in Spider-Man history because there was so much bad that was put out. And that in itself should tell you what the problem is. I don't think Ultimate Spider-Man should be canceled or anything. We can have Amazing Spider-Man. We can even have it three times a month. We can also have Ultimate Spider-Man. That's fine. But all this other stuff, you know, like she said, Spider-Man fear itself with Man-Thing in the same month as three issues of Amazing Spider-Man and a brand new day extra and, and all the other yeah, what the, what are we thinking here? What are we trying to do? Trying to make trying to make we're trying to make money. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Exactly, and it seems like there is no point besides to cash in, and eventually you're going to stop cashing in when people stop wanting to read Spider-Man because so much of it sucks. Yeah. I think it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, all the big characters have this problem. Wolverine has this problem. Batman has this problem. Superman has this problem. They know these characters sell books, but the quality isn't that good, and I think you lose customers uh, in the long run. Like, uh, back in the 90s and the 80s, if you put out a Wolverine book, it would be in the top 10, top 20 easily. But he's selling so far down, these these side missions, these etc. But they must be making money. They are making money off of by doing this. But you just – it uh, takes away – the uniqueness or the what's great about the character by spreading him so thin, in my, in my opinion. Well, and here's something that's pretty, that tells me a lot about the attitude. I was uh, reading a question and answer on Newsarama with Dan Didio, the editor-in-chief of DC Comics, and he was saying that, you know, Wonder Woman is the preeminent female superhero in all of comics, and Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, they all support multiple books per month. So Wonder Woman should support multiple books per month. And they're going to launch a second monthly Wonder Woman book hmm. when her book doesn't sell that well. Right. So I, this is the attitude in the industry, and it's it seems like they, they think that all the big characters should have more than one book a month, and I don't think that's the case. I mean, yeah, you can say that Captain America, the new Captain America, is in Secret Invasion a little bit, but... Mostly, his only monthly book is Captain America, and most people agree that that is the best one on the stands. Uh, my my favorite book on the stands right now is Green Lantern, and while Dan Didio says that Green Lantern supports more than one book a month, well, the other monthly book is Green Lantern Core, which doesn't feature Hal Jordan. It's not the same character, it's the same world. Yeah. So Hal Jordan only has one book per month, and it's... I think the best one out there. You look at books like that that have such incredible quality, and then you look at things where all these people are spread too thin, and you're talking about launching a second Wonder Woman book a month? <laughs> I think it, it's self-evident to me, but I guess I'm not the one that's trying to rake in the dough. 
And, you know, I forgot it's Amazing Spider-Man Family. I forgot Amazing Spider-Girl. I mean, the quality gets lost when you put out so much mass quantity of these books. And like the, well, the and good don't you think Spider Girl would have the good stuff. Doesn't Spider Girl would have sold better if it was one of the few yes. Spider Man books out yes, there? I agree. I mean, I agree. And you would have a much better. You wouldn't have such irate fans that are divided because there's so much crap mixed in the, with the gems. You know. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, we wrapped up that one. Last topic before we wrap up this hour. Uh, we, I had this on my uh, front page of the website. Nineteen uh, year old. George Garrett from London has changed his name to, this is his name, quote, Captain Fantastic, faster than Superman, Spider-Man, there's no hyphen in Spider-Man, Batman, Wolverine, (laughs) Hulk, and the Flash combined, unquote. Now, the kid paid about 20 bucks, and he used an online service to make it legal, and uh, Captain Fantastic, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you look on the main page, you gotta go back a couple pages, but, uh, he's holding up three notebook pieces of paper with his name, uh, spelled out. And I also commented that he misspelled Spider-Man. He forgot the hyphen in Spider-Man. So, Morbius, uh, this guy's never getting laid. (laughs) That's that's actually my comment on your main page posting is, I'm, I want to take bets on whether he's going to change it because he needs a job or he needs to get laid ever. <laughs> because neither of those is going to happen with this name. What is up with this? But I mean, okay, what, and let's, let's just talk about the logistics of this okay. name for a second. Okay. Faster. Mm-hmm. Faster than Batman? Mm-hmm. Superman. Is, is that an achievement? Batman's in there? Batman and, and, and Wolverine? Since when are they really, really fast? No, I think <laughs> he's faster than Superman, isn't it? Well, he's faster than he's the faster. Hulk. <laughs> he's faster than Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, the Flash, and Wolverine oh. combined, right? Oh, I see. Okay. okay. <laughs> what the hell? Maybe, maybe he's a so, scroll. Okay. Maybe he's a scroll. <laughs> he combined all his powers. <laughs> I, I hate to give this thing any any real recognition. Take it seriously for a second, but if assuming he's taking it seriously, Batman and Wolverine, what the hell? <laughs> but uh, oh my God, yeah, never gonna get a job, never gonna get laid. <laughs> I, I mean, if if this is the kind of guy he is, he probably wasn't gonna get laid to begin with. But I mean, he's nailing his coffin yeah. shut right here. Hey baby, once you go, Captain Fantastic. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> Spider Girl, what do you think of this story? It's crazy. Um, I was going to say something really dirty, but I decided to hold it in. Um, Go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) No, just about, well, obviously, Mr. Fantastic's superpower is to elongate certain (laughs) body parts, and I just was like, he probably doesn't have that power, so I don't think anyone really can want to try Captain Fantastic. He's also the Flash, Uh, if that tells you anything. (laughs) It's over before you even know it's begun. His his book didn't ship. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess I want to laugh at it, but I kind of, I think I just think about it too seriously. I just don't think it was a good decision. He is a teenager right now, so he's going to have fun with this right now. But when it's time to go to the real world and get a job, I think that's going to be a major down point for employers. And I just, I guess because I'm on the crux of, you know, going for job, um, job employment, um, that, I just will get it that way, and I just can't believe someone would do that. So oh, you can have a good laugh now, but later on, I don't know. Can you, can you imagine the reference call? Yeah, I'm calling about uh, Captain Fantastic, uh, faster than Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Wolf, Hulk, and the Flash combined. Uh, did he was he a good uh, burger flipper? Did he did he fry some good fries? <laughs> well, he was quick, sir. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I just I just found this funny. I I get every uh every uh, morning I get uh an email from Google telling me about the latest Spider-Man news and uh I just had to share this with the viewers. This is cl- <laughs> I mean, just the image of the dude holding up the paper that has his name on it with a look on his face like holy shit, what did I just do? Uh <laughs> that, yeah, just that image makes you want a cock. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. <laughs> I, that's a new move. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. (laughs) On that note, uh, let's do recommendations real quick. (laughs) What do you recommend besides that move, uh, Morb? (laughs) I don't recommend that move, at least if anywhere near me. 
Um, <laughs> I'm going to recommend an actual, regular, good old-fashioned, no-pictures novel this month. Wow. Um, it's actually, it's, I'm ashamed to say it's the first time I've picked up an actual novel in a while, but I read uh, Dean Koontz's Frankenstein Book 1 mm. this month, and it's, it's part of a trilogy. Uh, the first two books are out. Uh, the third one is set to come out in 2009. It was... It blew me away. It was an excellent book. Um, it came out of Dean Koontz made a deal with USA to do a TV series like this. And then USA screwed him all to hell and took him out of it. And they made a pilot that never got picked up. So Dean Koontz got the last laugh. But he decided to go make a book out of it. And the idea is that the original Frankenstein book was based on actual facts. Mary Shelley knew some things about what was going on, and she wrote, a book, she wrote a book based on what actually happened. This book is set in the present, 200 years later, and the monster is still alive, uh, calls himself Deucalion, hmm. and he starts in a Buddhist monastery. Over, the, over these centuries, he's been able to get himself kind of under control. Um, Dr. Frankenstein has gone the opposite way. He used his own methods on himself to make him basically immortal. And he's still alive, calls himself Dr. Helios. And his god complex has gone so far, spinning out of the character work that was done in the original book. I mean, it's it's fantastic character work. He has such a god complex that he thinks his creations are better than gods. So his goal is to replace humanity, which he finds flawed, with his own creations. Um, and he seeded his own people throughout New Orleans, and this is where he's starting. He's going to take over. And uh, through this book, his creations start to kind of malfunction, do things they're not supposed to. One of them becomes a killer. One of them um, starts to feel compassion. And there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. It's an excellent character examination, especially Dr. Helios and Deucalion are just fantastic works on psychology. I'm really looking forward to reading book two. So I recommend everybody read that. There is a comic book adaptation by the Dabble Brothers right now. I haven't read that, but I don't think it could get to the depth that this book did. I think you need to read the book. Uh, so that would be my big recommendation for this cool. month. Uh, Spider-Girl, what do you recommend this month? Well, if I were to, I've always wanted to recommend, you know, a legit novel, but I don't think anyone would really appreciate me saying, you should read Jane Eyre. <laughs> so I've always passed. Um, I think I will recommend a movie. Yeah. Um, I saw the new James Bond movie, yeah. uh, Quantum of Solace. I think I'm trying to, I don't know if I liked it as much as the first one, but it was also probably the state of mind I was in. Um, but it goes right off of Casino Royale, and it really deals with his feelings and inner turmoil. It is really action-packed. And I did read an article or a review of it and how this isn't the James Bond that we know where Moore, Roger Moore has said, you know, he's more of a lover, not a fighter. But this one you really see, he's a real killer in this one, and I think he's trying to get rid of all his angst um, due to the death of Vesper. Um, but I would, I would recommend go see it. Uh, uh, yeah, and... I think for music, because I've kind of gotten into recommending music now, some people appreciate it, yeah. uh, The Bravery, it's kind of lighter rock, and if you were to look at one or listen to one, I would go with Believe. That's a really good Keystone song. So those are my two recommendations. All right, I've got one, two, three, four. Uh, first, <laughs> let's do a comic book. I, I read this issue last night, and I was pleasantly surprised, because I'm about three months behind on it. Uh, Moon Knight. Uh, which isn't bad, uh, although it does have a very uh, overdrawn venom with a tongue that's like a foot long on the cover. But uh, basically, uh, Moon Knight is... Moon Knight, this latest series has been hot and cold, hit and miss with me. But this latest issue, he's uh, been pulled from the uh, oh the Registration Act, etc. The Initiative. Uh, the Initiative, right. And... Um, Tony Stark's basically after him. He sends the Thunderbolts, which kind of sounds similar, but the artwork is great. Uh, Moon Knight uh, is, is a character that, if written well, can be really cool. He's not just a Batman clone. So I recommend this, mainly because the last issue had Norman Osborn grinning uh, going after Moon Knight. So I'm a sucker for Norman Osborn. I have to stick up for him since JR is not on the show. But uh, check out Moon Knight, the latest issue with the Thunderbolts going after his ass isn't bad. 
Also want to recommend Spider-Man toilet paper going along with the theme of this show. Um, <laughs> I, I, I won an eBay auction and, uh, from 1979, I got the Spider-Man Hulk toilet paper that I have so wanted for years. And I got it, uh, shipped to my work and I opened it up at my desk and somebody said, well, how the, how much the heck did you pay for that? And I said, 25 bucks. And I and they said, I can give you a few rolls for a buck. What do you, what the hell are you buying Spider-Man toilet paper for? I'm like, it's a collector's item. Anyway, I now have on my spider, in my spider shrine, spider toilet paper and I guarantee you I will read the story. <laughs> Because there is a story printed on the paper. Also, uh, I know Morv is aware of this. I'm not sure if Spider-Girl is, but Deep Discount DVD is having Mm -hmm. a huge sale. I always buy stuff from them. Um, They're having 25% off uh, regular prices of DVDs and Blu-rays. So usually it's just a 20% yearly sale. This year it's 25%. So at the checkout, type in DVD Talk. Uh, that's a website I go to and they get a commission. So, um, type in that in the coupon area and you can get 25% off your DVDs. It's a really good deal. Again, it's deep discount DVD. I'm not getting any money from it, but, uh, I wanted to pass it along. Also, my final recommendation is a video game, Spider-Man Web of Shadows. You can tell I like this game because I beat it. I, I usually don't have a patience to sit through a video game and all the way to the bitter end, but I love this game so much. I bought it on the PlayStation 3. Uh, just a kick-ass game. I mean, this is about the best Spider-Man game that's been put out in hell. I don't even know. Spider-Man 2, possibly. Um, but I just love that game. The graphics are amazing if you get it for the next-gen console. I can't speak for Xbox and, and Wii. I hear bad things about the PlayStation 2. I hear it's a side-scroller. But uh, Web of Shadows, Venom's gone nuts in New York City. And the fight against Wolverine that you have to have is awesome. And Morb, I think you have one more recommendation. Is that what you just yeah, I forgot, uh, I forgot to mention, if you are ordering from Mail Order Comics like we are and you yep. have to get things two months in advance, um, to put in your January cart this month, I cannot recommend enough. <laughs> Top Cow is putting out a deluxe oversized hardcover edition of J. Michael Straczynski's Midnight Nation series, which was a 12-issue series a couple of years ago he did with Gary Frank. It's the same creative team as Supreme Power. Um... It is, I consider to be one of the two greatest comic book works ever made. Midnight Nation and The Crow for me. Awesome. Um, and it's, it's, it's spiritual. It's, it's very deep. It's insightful. Uh, it's, it's also got action. It's got a great story to it. Great art. And it's an oversized hardcover, which, you know, is going to look good. And I believe for an oversized hardcover edition of 12 issues, Mail Order Comics had it for $24 this cool. month. So. I highly recommend that book over anything you could possibly get. All right. And we'll be back in a couple days after I edit it for message board questions. We'll probably do another hour on that.